this morning on activating success quotes. The month of March, our focus is on success, is on breakthroughs. And so all through this month, we're going to be talking on activating success quotes. In Amos 7 and verse 5, the Bible says, By whom shall Jacob arise? For he is small. One thing I want you to understand about glory is that it forbids smallness. Glory does what? It forbids smallness. And if God is saying this is our glory days, it simply means smallness is coming to an end. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you that in this month of March, everything that represents smallness will come to an end. Smallness will no longer be identified with you. It will not be identified with your family. It will not be identified with your finances. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says the seed of the righteous shall be mighty upon the earth. I decree and I declare whatever it is that has proceeded from you. Whatever it is that is, you know, maybe the works of your hand. Or whatever it is that you can consider as a seed. I decree and declare in this month of March and this year it will be mighty. That business will be mighty. It will become great. In the name of Jesus. In that industry you will be mighty. You will be a voice to be reckoned with. You will not be an echo. You will be a defining voice. In the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that in this month of March. That which you have been reaching out for. And it seems as if it is without your reach. I decree and declare in this month of March. Your hands will not only touch it. It will be yours. In the name of Jesus. Long standing expectations will receive speedy manifestations. In this month of March. I decree and declare over everyone connected to this house. Let there be an eruption of testimonies. Let there be an eruption of testimonies. Career testimonies. Business testimonies. Testimonies of death cancellation. Testimonies of supernatural supplies. Testimonies of supernatural healings. In the name of Jesus. Testimonies of divine guidance. In this month of March, you will be in the right place, at the right time, with the right people, in the name of Jesus. In this month of March, great and effectual doors will open unto you. In the name of Jesus, doors of opportunities, doors of breakthroughs, doors to your next level. In the name of Jesus, doors of access, let it open now. In the name of Jesus, for everyone trusting God for a job in this house, I decree and I declare, this is your month. This month of March is your month. In the name of Jesus, it will come to you. You will not struggle for it. In the name of Jesus. Your testimony will not be that you got a new job. Your testimony will be that you got multiple offers. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare for everyone trusting God for a job in this house. Let this month be your month of multiple offers. Let this month be your month of multiple offers. In the name of Jesus, for every business person in this house, I decree and declare. In this month of March, you will attract quality clients. In the name of Jesus, well-paying clients. Let them come from the north. Let them come from the south. Let them come from the east. Let them come from the west of this community, of this city, of this nation, from all over the world. In the name of Jesus, where you have given up hope, let hope arise. Where you have given up hope, let hope arise. Everything that is dormant, the life of God is coming into it. Right now, dead businesses are coming back to life. Dead careers are coming back to life. In the name name of Jesus, I decree and declare, let every dry bone arise. God said to Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to these bones. He says, and they shall live again. The Bible says, as Ezekiel began to prophesy, bones began to join and they became a mighty army. In the next 30 seconds, I want you to prophesy into the month of March. Lift up your voice and begin to decree and declare. What do you want to see in this month of March? Come on. Numbers 14 and verse 28. God said, as you have said in my ears, so will I do unto you. Begin to Prophesy greatness, uh, prophesy answered prayers, uh, prophesy favor, prophesy open doors. Uh. Oh, prophesy supernatural supplies. Oh, come on. Oh, your words to his ears this morning. Declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it. He said, as you have said in my ears, so will I do unto you. What are you saying this morning? Oh, come on. Call them forth. Everything you need. The help, the favor, the resources. 
Jesus, the jobs, the client, call them forth, call them forth. Mark 11 and verse 23, he said, if you have faith and you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe the things you have said will come to pass, he said, you shall have whatsoever you say. Job 22 and verse 29, it says, when men are cast down, you shall say, there is a lifting up, decree and declare. This is my month of lifting. Smallness comes to an end. My business is lifted. I'm lifted in my career. Lifted in the marketplace. I rise above limitations. I rise above stagnation. In the name of Jesus. What has held others back and down. Will not be able to hold me down. Oh, the chains are falling off. Everything I lay my hands upon prospers. Everything I touch works. In the name of Jesus, no more failure. Go pari and Strength for every dream. Oh, speedy accomplishment of every project. Supernatural supplies of resources. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we have declared. May please be seated. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says this book of the law, can we read it together? Shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That's not everybody. Let's read it together. You see, the house of God is a place of instructions. Never take any instruction lightly. But say, let's read it together and read it. I hear what I'm saying. Can we go again once to go? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He says, and then thou shalt have what? Good success. So if there is good success, it means there must be bad success. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and it adds no sorrow to it. It simply means there is a kind of blessing that comes with sorrow. And the Bible did not def- they did deny the fact that it can also be referred to as blessing. It says, but it is the one that comes from the Lord, right, that adds no sorrow to it. The message translation says, and don't for a minute let this book of the revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you will get where you're going. Then you will succeed. I pray for you that in this month of March and in the remaining days of this year, you will succeed at every attempt. In the name of Jesus. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13. I want us to read it together. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13. Are we ready? Let's go. And the Lord shall make you the head. And not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So we're seeing Joshua that the Bible is saying that God wants us to succeed. And the Deuteronomy 28 here is saying is saying that he wants us to be the head, and he wants us to be above only and not beneath. But one thing you also notice in both passages of scripture, right? both passage right is that he says there are certain things you and i must do he says then he says if you are unto the commandments of the lord your god which i command you this day to observe and to do them the way the um, joshua 1 and verse 8 starts, it says the book of law shall not depart out of your mouth it starts first with what you must do firstly i want us to understand that it is god's plan and desire for us to succeed as believers and not just to succeed but to succeed extremely I hear what I'm saying. God doesn't want you to get by. He doesn't just want you to be okay. He doesn't want you and I to survive. He wants us to thrive. And whatever it is that we are doing, whether you are a business person, whether you are a career person, you know, whether you are a student, 
You know, the amazing thing about God, is about the scriptures, but the Bible says even when Joseph was a slave, the Bible says he was a prosperous one. So you need to understand that wherever you have part time, God wants you to be a success at what it is that you're doing. And one of the things we also need to understand this morning is that success is not a destination, it is a journey. It is a journey. It is a journey. Because the success of today can become the failure of tomorrow. What was called success, right, maybe 20 years ago, may not be what success is today. Maybe in terms of figures, finances, and in material things. And you say, most times when believers hear about success, sometimes they spiritualize it. They spiritualize it. You see, success is all round, especially any success that comes from God. It is all round and it is meant to be holistic. But the very first thing I want us to understand as we start in this series in this month of March is for you to understand that God wants you to succeed. You see, God is not happy when you are not doing well. Am I making sense this morning? There is no parent that sees their child failing in school and they are excited. Now, wow, you have failed again. What a good child. How many of us have experienced that before? That maybe you failed the subject when you were in school. And when your parents saw your report card, they were excited. Even if they didn't beat you, you saw that they were not happy. And God said, you know, through Jesus and the Word, He says that if you know how to give good gifts to your children, He says, I will not your heavenly Father give you better things. So you see, the best of human beings, the desires you can have for another human being, even if it's a child, is still the least compared to God's desire and plans for you and I. So if our parents, natural parents, wants us to succeed, trust me, God wants you to succeed much more than that. So I don't know what it is that you're doing individually, as, uh, you know, specifically, you know, maybe you're a career person or a business person or you're a student or whatever. But whatever it is that you're doing right now, God wants you to succeed at it. Provided it is something legal and something ethical. I hear what I'm saying because we must put that caveat. God wants you to succeed if what you're doing is ethical and it is legal. Because if it is not, my prayer for you is that it will fail. You don't want to say amen. Are you doing something illegal? <laughs> because if you are on the wrong road and you are succeeding at it, you may never find the right road. So the earlier the wrong road fails, the better. So that you can find the right one. The foundation this morning, I want us to understand certain things I call success facts. And I want us to write it down. The first thing we need to understand about success is that it is available. So success is available. Everyone that desires to succeed can succeed. Everyone. There is nobody that God has created that you, you are going to be a failure in life. Mm-mm. There is nobody that God has assigned that, you know, these ones, maybe they should not do well that much. Everybody can. Because success is available in spite of your race, in spite of your age. You are not too young to succeed. One of the things I want us to understand as a church, because we're a church that has a larger percentage of young people, right? Relatively. Everybody here is young anyway. Because being young is a state of the mind, right? But when we talk about demography, we have a lot of young people. So you need to understand as a young person, you are not too young to succeed. Sometimes I wish you can transfer hunger, but unfortunately, hunger cannot be transferred. I see the way a lot of people conduct their life, and it's as if they still have a lot of time that at this age of my life, it's okay to struggle and just be surviving. No, 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 no. Capital, no. You are not too young to succeed. I want you to look at the person sitting next to you and say, You are not too young to succeed. Tell the person, You are not too young to be a multi millionaire. In case the person does not understand what we mean by success. I'm not talking about spiritual success this month. We've spoken about growth last month. Huh? So this month is not spiritual success. That's part of it. That's the foundation of it. But I'm talking about material, financial, career, business success. God wants you to succeed at it. No matter what it is that you're doing, God wants you to succeed. Because success is available. It does not matter your gender. Some people came from places where they've been made to believe that as a woman, you will eventually end up in the kitchen. So your desire, you don't need to desire that much. 
It's one man that will marry you. So I just marry a man that has money. A man that can take care of you. Oh, you why can't you take care of yourself? Are you a cripple? Success is available to everyone in spite of the age, the gender, the race. Success is not the exclusive preserve of the whites. It's not the exclusive preserve of the whites. As a black person, you can't succeed. And for those connecting online, a membership, you know, globally, I want you to understand that in that nation where you are, you can succeed more than the citizens. Somebody hear what I'm saying? You can. You see, you must first understand that success is available to me, in spite of your background. Some of us have been made to believe that, you know, because of the house, you know, where I came from, you know, um, we, are, we are not that rich. Thank God for where you came from. Your past does not have to define your future. It doesn't have to define your future. Your parents may be poor or wretched. You know, wretched is another deeper dimension of poor. That's not to make bad of anybody's situation. But you say, I've seen people come out of wretched background and they became successful in life. So success is available. The second thing you need to understand about success is that it is reachable. Number one, it is available. Number two, it is reachable. It is reachable if you are willing to reach out for it. Why? Because success is not effortless. It requires effort. So it is reachable. Success will never be placed in your hands. It will be placed within your reach. Because you must reach out for it. You must reach out for it. Many people want to succeed, but they don't want to reach out for it. They don't want to apply any effort. They don't want to do anything. They just believe that God will do it. God will make it happen. How? By you doing nothing. Ah, no, 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 no. Don't don't get it twisted. The fourth thing you need to understand about success is that it is possible. Success is possible. You can succeed at anything if you find out what it takes to succeed in it. Success is possible. Career success is possible. Business success is possible. Financial success is possible. Marital success is possible. You can succeed in any area of your life as long as you believe that you can succeed in it. The next thing you need to understand about success is that it is not carnality. Success is not carnality. Because some people are God's senior brother. The uncle of the Holy Ghost. Oh, what kind of shush is this one on a Sunday morning talking about success? That's why I read the scripture to us. Say, ah, all this. Talk about the things of heaven. Let me tell you this. How you live on that is that you will end up in heaven, in case you don't know. And you think, if I, you think I'm just saying heresy or heresy. The Bible says the poor um, Lazarus, when he died, when he got to heaven, they didn't send him to his mansion. The Bible says they sent him to Abraham's bosom. Because a poor man may not be able to live well in heaven. They sent him there for tutorials. Because Abraham was a rich man on the earth. So they had to go and teach him how to live in heaven's environment. Because what you call gold on earth is what they call road in heaven. Some people even go the way they gold, gold, gold. They are stepping on it where you are going. Say, when I get to heaven, have them marry supper. Do you want to go there now? You will get there, but relax. They are not even waiting for you here. Your house is not completed. (laughs) Your mansion is still under construction. Some people have this mindset, you know, and a lot of us, especially if you are, you know, at a particular age and you, you know, you've been a Christian for a while, or you have parents that were Christians, you hear songs like, Take the whole world and give me Jesus. Take the whole world and give. Why must you, you know? And many of those songs kept many of our parents poor. The only thing they were thinking about is heaven. So they were so heavenly conscious and they were earthly useless. That's not the life God wants for you and I. You are going to heaven, don't be in a hurry. You will still live there for eternity. Why are you in a hurry? You only have maximum 120 years to spend here. And that one at least minimum a thousand years. Many of us can't even fathom it. A thousand years. So why are you in a hurry to go to a thousand and you don't want to maximize the 120? Success is not carnality. 
Because for so many years, a lot of believers have been programmed. You see, many of us don't even say it. But when we see somebody in church who is doing well, maybe driving a big car, looking good, somewhere at the back of our mind, we believe that brother cannot be spiritual. Cannot be spiritual. With this car, ah, he can't be spiritual. In fact, with the perfume, this perfume smells so expensive. This is a canal thing. Where souls are perishing. They've been perishing. They will keep perishing. You can't save the whole world though. I believe you know. You can't. We do our bit. We do our part. But those who, wants to be, who don't want to go to hell, they will still go there. Because God cannot override human will. The success is not carnality. You hear people say things like, this world is not my home. We know. But don't let that keep you in poverty. Don't let that keep you in failure. That's why you see a lot of believers, they are not serious about their work. Just believe that. Heaven is my home. So the work is not important. In the marketplace, they are irrelevant. In the marketplace, they are useless. In the marketplace, they are hair calls and not voices. That will not be your portion. Next thing you need to understand about success is that it is transferable. Success is transferable. How do you transfer success? Success is transferred through learning. That's why what happens in the process of mentorship, in the process of parenting, you see, is the transference of what made the successful successful. So success can be transferred. It can be transferred. And it is only transferred to the teachable. It's only transferred to the teachable. That's why if God has blessed you with certain relationships that have succeeded at certain things, and you are failing at those things, it is your fault. Because what someone else has achieved, they can transfer it to you if you are teachable and you possess, you know, a learning attitude. And next thing you need to understand about success is that it is individualistic. It is what? It is individualistic. Whatever is not yours is not yours. Success is very personal. There's nothing like corporate success. I hear what I'm saying. Except you are a team trying to achieve something together. The son of a rich man is not a rich boy. And ladies need to hear that very well. The guy comes to ask you out. He has no work ethic. He's always watching Netflix. But his father has cars and they have a driver that takes him around. So you just believe your financial future, your financial future is secure. It is not. Because the Bible says, he becometh poor that deals with a slack hand. People are not born rich in that they born poor. They become it. That's why we've seen the sons, the children of successful people. That after their demise, they ended up as their true nature. Who they were actually, who they become was now made manifest. So success is individualistic. Very individualistic. Next thing is this. Success is not generic. Success is not generic. Success is not generic. What that simply means is that success in one area is not the same thing as success in other areas. So there are some people who are very spiritually successful. They can hear God. They are sensitive spiritually. In fact, they are hearing the Holy Ghost per second, per second. But they are financial failures. Because success is not generic. And you can be a financial success and be a marital failure. Because success is not generic. So there are people who succeed maritally. They succeed spiritually. But in the marketplace, there's nothing to write home about. Any area of life where you want to succeed is an area of life you must pay attention to. Because success in one area of your life cannot be transferred to another area of your life. Last week at Love Lounge, I, was, I showed us the, you know, the picture of the top 10 richest people in the world. And now 8 out of those 10 are divorced. Because success in one area is not transparent. It is not generic. Next thing you need to understand about success is that it is predictable. It is predictable. Hmm. Success is not coincidental, neither is it accidental. People don't become successful by chance. I'm yet to meet a successful person that when you meet them, they say, how do you become successful? Even I don't understand. It just happened to you. Eh? 
<laughs> Glory be to the Lord. <laughs> you know, that's what many believers try to do. So how did you get it? It's just the grace of God. What does that mean? There are so many things we have made turned, we have spiritualized that does not really make sense. So how did you do that? It's just the grace. When they are saying that, they don't want to tell you. That's it's as simple as when people tell you it's just the grace of God. Ah, uh-huh. especially the way most people use it. It simply means I don't want to tell you. As simple as that. Because the Bible says the grace of God has appeared unto all men. Apostle Paul said, I do not take the grace of God in vain. He said, but I labored abundantly more than the disciples. And that's why I had something to show for it. So please understand that success is predictable. It's predictable. You can predict if somebody will succeed. If you understand the codes I'm going to be sharing with you in this month, you can literally predict if somebody will succeed and if they will fail in life. And you don't have to be a prophet calling people's number. You don't have to. You don't have to un- prophesy people's, the color of people's underpants. You don't have to do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you can predict with accuracy if somebody will succeed and if they will. You see, if you understand the things I'm going to be teaching this month, you can even predict if somebody will fail in life. Someone can say, how, how, how can you be that? No, Pastor, you are sounding so proud. It's not pride, it's principle. It's just like somebody says he's going to the island. He now faces Mowe. And now say that this person can never arrive on the island. I say, Pastor, how can you be saying the person cannot arrive at the island? Will they arrive at the island? You know, we live in a generation whereby people don't like to hear the truth the way it is. They want to be politically correct. You know, that no, no, you cannot be that blunt. Success is predictable. Why did I say it's predictable? Because it has codes. It has patterns. It has codes. For instance, if you have a mobile phone, phones today, and for a very long time, has had passcodes, isn't it? If you don't know the passcode, I remember sometimes back, you know, there's a phone, and um, we forgot the passcode. The phone was not stolen, we could not access the phone. Thankfully, I'm someone that keeps records, so it just dawned on me that I must have written the passcode of this phone somewhere. So I went to where I write all those things, I just saw it and just punched it, and the thing opened effortlessly. If the code was because we, we have tried many things, and I just realized if we keep trying, they will lock this phone and everything will be wiped. So it just dawned on me, I know the passcode of this thing. See, that is the way success is. When you know the codes of success, it will no longer be a mystery. It will no longer be a mystery. That's why a man that understands these things can tell you with absolute certainty that in the next 5-10 years, I'm going to be like this. And it's not pride. That's why when people say things like, nobody knows tomorrow, please keep quiet. There are some of us that know tomorrow. I know where I'm going to end up. I know. Because I've seen people end up practicing these things. And I know that the same God is rich unto all that call upon him. One of the greatest, you know, blessings of my life is that I always thank God that when I met my pastor, it's not, who I, it's not the version of we is today that I met. So that kind of, you know, validates everything I've come to understand. Because I saw him practice things and I saw over the years. Do you know what it means to watch a man for 20 years? And see him evolve. You see him practice things. That already tells me that this thing is not a fluke. It works. I was sharing with, you know, the leaders, some of the leaders yesterday when we finished our prayers, you know. I was saying that when I met my pastor, he had a car. We used to call the car Faithful. When the car has a name, you know there is a, it's not the brand name, you know there is Toyota, there is Honda, there is no car called Faithful. You know why the car is called Faithful? Because the car is so rickety, but anytime you kickstart it, it will start. God was that faithful that the car always started. That's where the name came from. And it was a very holy car. Not only as in H-O-L-Y, but H-O-L-E-Y. Because it had O's. In the roof, and under. So when it's raining, water is coming. And at a time, his hand was the wiper. Because the wiper may not work when it's raining. But when a man like that, you know it's very difficult to believe someone like that is going somewhere. But when I met him 2,000 and so God told me, this is your pastor, follow this man. I thank God I'm not 
of the stock of this generation. The average person in this generation would not have followed my pastor when I met him. Never. So this man, you, they will even quote quotable quotes. You know, what you follow, the time is what follows you. I don't want only cats to follow me. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. You have no, I don't want to give us too many details. But if my pastor wants to buy a house today and it's not church, because when people hear pastor, they just assume their money comes from church. If he wants to buy a house, he has to tell people at the point to stop giving him, showing him properties that he's not interested in buying anymore. And he didn't get his money from church. He's not even paid by church. You know what I'm saying? But he practiced these things over the years. Because success has patterns, it has codes. So does failure. That's why when I spot certain patterns in people's lives, sometimes out of the heart of a pastor and the heart that is concerned, I love to go after them. This way you are living your life. It's only a matter of time. You will end up as a blatant failure. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Unfortunately, I've been privileged. And later on, the privilege was withdrawn. By people that I, I wish them the best. But out of maybe being too caring, the correction I gave them, they didn't like it. Years ago, talking about seven, six years ago, and then I see the way some of them end up now. I'm just like, ha, ah, I knew this thing was going to happen. But you know, you can't love people more than they love themselves. No matter how much I want the best for you, I can only present the truth to you. Like a horse, you can, not, you can force the horse to the river, but you can't force it to drink water. The first success code is growth. Growth code. Write it down. Growth code. is a code. is <laughs> a code. Everything in your life will come in direct proportion to your level of growth. Everything in your life. Everything. The finances you are trusting God for, the breakthrough you are trusting God for, it will come in direct proportion to your level of growth. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, is not different from a servant. Even though he is the Lord of all, but he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now the Bible is saying that this guy is the owner of everything. He says, but he's a child. Nobody hands over certain things to a child. No, 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 nobody does that. No sane person does that. No right-thinking person does that. And in the same way, we need to understand that God, in his own mercy, will never allow certain things come into your life until you grow to the level that you can handle it. See, it's only the devil that does not care about your growth. In fact, the devil will deliberately give you things greater than your growth so that he can destroy you. But with God, is according to your level of growth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil pays no attention to, progress, um, to, to process. You want it now, no problem. You get it now. Growth. You see, if you can keep growing, <laughs> that's the first thing. The subject matter of success is settled. Because let me tell you, the success, the way people are going after it, they will never catch up with it. Because you are not supposed to run after success. You are supposed to attract it. Success is not what you pursue. It is what you attract as a result of who you have become. That's why if you take away the material and financial things a successful person has, they can reproduce it in record time. Why? Because it was their growth level that attracted it. There are certain things that no matter how much you pray for it, it will never happen now to the version that you currently are. It can't happen. All you need to do is to grow. You see, when you have identified what you want to achieve, because what is success? It is the achievement of worthwhile goals. It is the fulfillment of dreams. When you have identified what you want to become or where you want to get to, you now need the next question you should ask yourself is, who must I become to live in the reality of this dream? Remember I said success is available and it is possible. So when you have identified what you want to achieve, question is, who must I become? You know what the Bible says? The desire of the slothful kills him because his hand refused to labor. He has big desires, but he's not growing into the size of the person that can achieve that. Jesus said to his disciples, 
He said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are empowered with the Holy Ghost. He said, don't go out and start preaching, you know, because you will fail. He said, you need to be empowered. This version of you uh, cannot be entrusted with the church. No, no, no. This version of you can't. That's why the version of Peter that betrayed Jesus was not the same version that stood before thousands of people in Acts chapter 2 and preached a powerful message that saved 3,000 people. The fearful Peter couldn't have achieved that. That's why Jesus said, stay, stay, grow, work on yourself because success is first within before it is without. Many people want to chase the outside trappings of success without paying attention to who they are becoming. You may get what is on the outside, but how many ex-successful people do you know? There are plenty. You don't even need to do an ultimate search. They are all around you. All around you. People who had cars years ago, had drivers. But what happened? Today they are trekking. Why? Because the outside success was greater than the internal success. I'm talking this month about sustainable, not just achieve something and lose it. No, something you can sustain for the rest of your life, such that your life, your testimony becomes proverbs for 18, that the path of a just man is as a shining light and it shines more and more, such that every year things keep getting better. I can tell you without any sense of pride or deception, ah, uh, for me and my family, every year has always been better. We have never had a better yesterday, never, never, never. And this is one of the secrets, growth. Growth. A lot of people, when they are planning for a year, planning for a quarter, they only plan it, ah, financial, this year, I want to blow. This year, I want to make this amount. They don't plan for their growth. They don't plan their growth. Not knowing that that is the foundation of everything they want to build. Imagine Joseph, when God showed him the dream, at the age of 17, that he was going to become a world leader. Do you think that version of Joseph could have become prime minister? Never. Joseph, God had to take him through a growth school of 13 years to become the kind of person that will lead the nation. How do I know? The first version of Joseph we were introduced to was a Joseph that didn't have emotional intelligence. He didn't know what to say, when to say it, and where to say it, and to whom certain things should be said. He had a dream. God told him something. Immediately, he saw his brothers. I have a dream. The Bible says that they hated him. Emotional intelligence, he lacked it. He didn't even notice that what he said had created hatred. God gave him another dream. He went to share it with the same set of people. Lack of emotional intelligence. The Bible says that because of that, they sold him. In fact, they wanted to kill him. It was by God's mercy and divine agenda that he was sold into Egypt. That version of Joseph changed because when he saw his brothers 13 years later, the Bible says that he kept looking at them. He was observing them. The Joseph of before would have rushed them. Hey, Reuben, Reuben, Judah. But he tested them. He had changed. He had grown. He had become a better version. Let me tell you this. If you pay attention to your growth, everything you are seeking after will start seeking after you. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing will be added to you. You don't run after things. They are supposed to run after you. The growth code. You remember how Moses started his life as a very angry man. He saw an Egyptian maltreating a Jew. What did he do? The Bible says he looked left, he looked right. He forgot to look up. <laughs> the Bible says he killed the Egyptian and buried him. He thought nobody knew. Why? Out of anger. Inability to master his emotions. If that kind of version of Moses was the one that led the children of Israel out of Egypt, the day God said, these stiff-necked people, they will perish in the wilderness, Moses would have said, God have been thinking the same thing. But for 40 years, Moses had so grown that he had to tell God, no God, you can't do that. Eh? Ogamose. <laughs> I know God, you can't do that. You can't do that. He said, people will think that it's because you could not deliver them into the promised land. That's why you allow them to perish in it. The Moses of 40 years before would have said, God, wipe them out. Finally, I cannot have rest. But the Bible says, Moses, he became the meekest man on the earth. Why? God had to take him through a growth process. Because if you are going to entrust the life of millions of people to a man, that man must have gone through a growth process. 
many of us, the things we are trusting God for, you can't handle it. Your desire, your goal is at the end of December, December 31st, and to have 50 million naira in my account. <laughs> Do you know that for you to have 50 million naira in your account and you are saying there is a version of person you must become? Because some of you, in fact, one million naira enters your account, it didn't stay 24 hours. Because the spirit just moved you. Eh, you must spend it. Because there is a growth you have not experienced. Areas in which you need to grow, you must grow spiritually. The Bible says in Luke 2 and verse 40, it says, And the child Jesus grew and worked strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace was, of God was upon him. You know the difference between Adam and Jesus? Because Jesus was called the last Adam. It was growth. Adam didn't grow. Adam just opened his eyes and he was a full grown man. So when God was going to send the last Adam, Jesus, he came as a baby. He had to grow. He went through a process. Spiritual growth. Number two is financial growth. You've got to grow financially. Number three is emotional growth. During the course of the month, I hope I'll be able to explain some of these things. You also need to grow mentally. Number next, grow intellectually and grow socially. You need growth in all these areas. Because any area where you are not growing is going to be the weak link that can bring everything down. So as you are growing spiritually, you are also growing financially. You are growing emotionally. You are developing emotional intelligence. You are knowing what to say, when to say it, where not to say it. Mental growth. The way you process information. You stop thinking the world is against you. They correct you. You believe they don't like you. You are not growing mentally. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, some people see every form of correction as an attack on their person. Why don't you see the way the Bible says it? That it is the child that God loves that he corrects. That's how to say things. You see, the way you interpret things tells us the level of your mental growth. It tells us how you are processing things. Also, intellectual growth. You must be knowing more. The level of foolishness you had in 2022 cannot be the level of foolishness you still have in 2023. And let me tell you this, everybody has a level of foolishness. Because the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The problem is some people, that foolishness never leaves them. Even in adulthood, it never leaves. It says the rod of correction will drive it out. So how do you become less foolish with each passing year? By learning. 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 Reading. Listening. And also social growth. The second code is what I call entitlement code. <laughs> entitlement code. Somebody say entitlement code. Whatever you don't think is yours will never be yours. I hear what I'm saying. Whatever you don't think is yours will never be yours. You must have a level of entitlement to everything you know that God has promised you. You must. As long as you consider certain things as being optional, that oh, whether it happens or it doesn't happen, let me tell you this, what will happen is that it will never happen. Everyone that I've been privileged to meet, to know that are successful, one thing I saw in every of their life is a level of entitlement. People that are successful in their industry, defining voices, they just believe that this industry is mine. This territory belongs to me. And let me tell you this, these are not motivational mumbo-jumbos, these are scriptures. The problem between, the difference between the prodigal son and his elder brother was because the prodigal son had an entitlement mentality. Do you know that the person in that passage of scripture was actually the prodigal son, not the elder brother? The prodigal son made a mistake, but he retraced his steps. But you know one thing I love about the prodigal son? He knew what was his. He knew his right. Unlike his elder brother. I think we should see it. Because when you guys are looking at me like, what's pastor saying? Luke chapter 15. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We read from verse 26. To verse 31. Verse 16 to, 20, to 31. Luke chapter 15, verse 26 to verse 31. I want us to stay with me and let's read it together. That's all eyes on the screen. We're going to verse 31. Are we ready? 
The Bible says, and he called one of his servants and asked. Now, let me give us the background. So, we all know the story of prodigal son, do we? All right, a guy came to his father, demanded for what was his. The father gave him. The Bible says he squandered it. The problem was not that he asked. The problem was that he was entrusted with what he had not grown the capacity to manage. Eventually, he lost everything. He came back. The father welcomed him, threw a party for him. So, the he here is talking about his elder brother. And the elder brother called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, your brother has come back. And your father has killed the fatted calf. Because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry. And would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, this many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments. And yet thou never gavest me a kid. That I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with allots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is wolves. Is wolves. Is dying. See, let me tell you this. The average believer is like this elder brother. You see someone who seems not to be so spiritual as you. I say, God, this is unfair. I've been serving you all this while. I come to church. Every midweek research. Huh? Love lounge. Solemn assembly. But I don't have a car. That brother, I know him. In fact, I know his history. You see what the guy said? It simply means that after his younger brother left, he was keeping tabs on him. He said he wasted his living on allots. And with some of us believers, you see... I know sister so and so. In fact, she has had two boyfriends this year. Valentine's Day, she slept in her boyfriend's house. In fact, I knew when she aborted, and God, you are blessing her. Am I endorsing that lifestyle? No. But the problem is the average Christian in church, we don't have an entitlement mentality. Look at what the father said. He said, all that I have is yours. Why? Because the younger brother had taken his own part of the inheritance. Every other thing that was left belonged to the elder brother, including the calf they just killed for the younger brother. So many of us, what belongs to us is going to other people because we don't even know it belongs to us. You know why many unbelievers are succeeding in the marketplace? We don't believe it is our right to succeed there. So you hear things like politics is a dirty game. So we hand it over to the unserious believers and the unsaved. And they now make laws that control our lives. Because we don't believe. So many of us, we are hungry instead of being entitled. See, when it comes to God, you must have a measure of entitlement. That's why the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. What that literally means is, let us come entitled into God's presence. Haven't you seen children, how they walk into a place without, they just open door. Because they have that sense of entitlement. It's when we grow into adult, we become very careful. Over careful. The secret of Jabez was that he had an entitlement mentality. First Chronicles 4, I believe, verse 19. The Bible says, And Jabez cried unto the Lord his God, Oh, that you will enlarge me, enlarge my territory. Go to verse 9. Let's start from verse 9. The Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. It simply means Jabez was already more blessed than his brethren. His brethren was not that blessed, yet Jabez was still asking for more. He didn't say, God, why don't you bless my brothers also so that they will not be beefing me? Let me tell you this. You may not be blessed and the person beside you is being more and much more, more, more blessed. Why? Because you don't think you deserve it. Jacob, when he wrestled with the angel all night, Jacob was already a blessed man. But he asked for more. It takes entitlement to keep demanding for more. I said sometimes, I don't say, I, I'm not partial with any political, I'm a pastor, I have no business with all those things. But I told you last year, when somebody came out and said, Emiloko, that's entitlement. See, you may not like him, that's not what I'm saying, This one. I'm not talking politics, but everyone that has amounted to much in life, they have that mindset. They may not say it out, but they always believe that it is mine. It is my right. This is my territory. This industry belongs to me. I will rise in this place. As long as you give options. Uh, you know, if it is God's will, let me tell you what God's will is. His will is that you succeed. 
You don't need to be. See, there are things you don't ask God if it is your will. You don't ask him his will. His will is already stated in his word. His will is that you do well. He's your father. Every father wants their child to do well. How can you be counting the same bank statement at the bottom line every year? And saying, God, if it is your will, let me prosper this year financially. It is his will that what you have this year, in fact, this first quarter before the end, should be much more than the last three years. That's his will. There are things you don't pray about. And God is your, if it is your will, let this market sell. So God allowed you to start a business so the market will not sell. You must have an entitlement mentality. I hear what I'm saying. That when I start something, it must work. I start a business, it will prosper. I get into, a, into an office. I will rise in that office. Let me tell you this. And what if all of us are now rising? Everybody will not rise. That's just the truth. Because everybody does not understand these codes. But you that you have the understanding from today, you cannot afford to keep living your life normally. That's why I have a mindset. Anything I know I will not thrive in, I don't do it. But if I enter into a space, give me time. Give me time. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. And let me tell you this. It, it works in every industry. In real estate. Last year during Quantum Leap, you had one of, what one of our speakers said. The first speaker during the interview. I don't know, maybe many of us got that. He said, there are friends that are also into real estate, but they don't come near my territory. He said, if they come, I crush them. They know. That's the mindset. People don't just make billions. People don't just become multi-millions. You see, many of us as Christians, we are too, we are too corporate. What's that? What's that? We all rise together if you want to rise. But if you don't want to rise, I leave you behind. That's not sentiment. That's not sentiment. The Bible says the heavens, even the heavens is the Lord. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. If you give somebody a house and you hand over the keys, huh? everything in that compound and house, who does it belong to? When God gave you the earth, everything in the earth belongs to you. Whatever does not come to you are things you've decided is not part of your destiny. As I always tell people, nothing is too expensive for you. And stop saying that. Ah, these things they are too expensive. Afford it, then talk like that. If you can't afford it here, keep quiet. Ah, that watch is too expensive. Ah, that phone is too expensive. Only oh, afford any. Affordability is a function of priority. I'm saying something is too expensive. When you can afford it and you get to listen, I don't think I need this. Ah, we can listen to you. But no, you are, you are broke, you are busted and disgusted, and you are saying something is too much. This month, I want to awaken you hunger for achievements. I hear what I'm saying. The year is still early. There are still nine months, as it were, and few weeks. This year can be a compensation for you. This year can be a year such that it will be a defining year. That you will look at this year, 2020, and say, Ah, what a year. I pray for you that that will be your testimony. In this month of March, God will rewrite your story. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you that in this month of March, God will baptize you with only dissatisfaction. Let that be your prayer this morning. Come on, hunger. Somebody ask God for hunger.